Son of Protoss. While the mask Madame La Montespan is planning his death, and that of anyone else who dares stand between her and her ambition, Joel and Valorier are riding out of Paris and along the road to Freiburg. They have seen Minister Louvet, and beneath his blue and silver cloak, Joel now carries his majesty's dispatches for Marshal Crecy. They ride in silence, a heavy, brooding silence, for Joel's thoughts are elsewhere and he has no wish to talk. Valorier, watching the gloom and resignation on his face, Wonders if the young Breton can possibly have guessed the fate which is awaiting him. You seem sorrowful, Chevalier. You've scarce spoken a word since we left Paris behind us. I was thinking. Were they such gloomy thoughts, Chevalier? Of Saint Germain, I'll be bound. And of the friends you sought and missed at the Moorish Trumpeter. I have but one thought, friend. To reach Freiburg quickly and dispatch my business there and to return. I have no doubt the beat of your horse's hooves is like a funeral knell to you. They take you farther and farther from Saint Germain. You have a morbid imagination, monsieur. A soldier of the king has a duty to do. What can't be cured must be endured. Or so they say. I will dispatch this business with all speed and return. Indeed, Chevalier. I trust you will. I trust your business in Paris was satisfactorily carried out. I did what I could. No man can do more. Yet strange it has been worrying me ever since. I went upon a message for one who trusted me to a house in the Rue de Beauvoir. There I, I met a lady. A lady, Chevalier? She entered as I left. It was dark in the corridor. I could not see properly, but it seemed that she was masked and cloaked. She dropped her glove. No, by Chevalier, it's an old trick. No, 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 you misunderstand. It was a narrow corridor, and I clumsily knocked into her, not seeing her. She dropped her glove. I picked it up. It seemed her eyes looked piercingly at me through her mask. <laughs> in the king's uniform, Chevalier. You're something for any woman to look at, even in a dark corridor. He did but say thank you and passed on, and yet... And yet, I seem to have seen her somewhere before. The perfume that she used, the set of her proud head, her height, her voice. They were all familiar. Was she young? Beautiful, Chevalier? How could I tell? She was masked, and it was dark. I saw her but a moment, and yet she seemed familiar. Somehow a cold shadow went through me. They say someone walking upon my grave. A premonition of evil, perhaps. I do not know. She sounds unpleasant. No, let us talk of something else. Yes, yes, without doubt it was only imagination. We are traveling well, Guilherier. We have made good speed. We have fine horses, Chevalier. Let us press on quickly, then, for the sooner I reach Freiburg, the sooner I may leave it. If we hurry, we can pass Shell and sleep at Lagny this night. Well, it's a good distance, but we can try. You make no demur. 
Well, Laurier, you are a man after my own heart. I have hesitated up till now to tell you I meant to make Lagny before sleeping. I thought you would say it is too far. We can but try, Chevalier. Where are we now? On the outskirts is Bondi Forest. I know this place well. Just beyond here is the wayside blacksmith. Oh, I see it. There, to the right. There. That is it. Beyond that, there is no sign of habitation for many miles. Hello there, blacksmith. Good day to you. What is it, blacksmith? What can we do for you? Your pardon, monsieur. Your mare will cast a shoe before she goes pretty late. And your fine shoe hangs by only a couple of nails. Oh, it cannot be. Wait till I have a look. I do not lie, I assure you, my master. <laughs> I've seen too many horses not to know trouble when I see it coming. Nor could I let you such that fine glance go cantering off into Bondi Forest without warning it. There's never a sign of life, will you see, monsieur, fixed here in shell. It's right, Chevalier. It cast his shoe before we got a mile. Ah, pissed on it. Friend, it is not enough to point out this unlucky mishap, but you must help us remedy it. Willingly, master. And here she is. I'll take a walk to stretch my legs. And I trust you will not be long, for the shadows will be lengthening soon, and I have far to go before I rest this night. Captain, indeed, I will do my best for you. Only I have run out of nails and must send to my brother Smith for more. How far is it? How long will it take? Not far, monsieur. At Noisy. It is but a skip, and uh, I will fasten the shoe in four blows of the hat. Noisy? Why, that is quite a good distance. And the work will take some time. Oh, I know, master, for I have a, a bellows boy here who has legs like a deer and will run there in a short half an hour and another to return. It'll only take me ten minutes to do the job. We'll be away again in the better of an hour. It may not be long to you, friend, but it will prevent my stopping at Lagny. But you can stop at Shellmaster at the Shield of France, which is not its like in the country for roast ducks. Well, there is nothing for it, it seems. Send your boy off at once. But how shall I pass the time until he returns? Perhaps a walk. I, I would not walk too far, Chevalier. The, the roads are rough and tricky near the forest. Madame de Locmaria will undoubtedly be waiting news of you, Chevalier. Would it not be a good opportunity to send a letter? But of course, I, I will send news to Aurora. Master Vulcan, can you furnish me with writing materials and find me some corner in your house where I can sit at a table and not be disturbed? I will pay for any inconvenience, I suppose. If the Chevalier would deign to attend that ladder, I live above the forge. Not a palace by any means, but you're welcome to it. I will stay and hurry the chewing of the mare. Good boy, Laurier. I shall be glad to be on the road again. Uh, go up into my room, sir. The paper, ink, and quiller on the desk where I make out my bills. And do not hurry yourself, for we will let you know when the job is done. Let it be done quickly, good Smith. For my work is urgent. To my lord? Yes. Your man is still there. Yes? Yes. A good cord, Booth. Come out of the gloom and show yourself. 
In good faith, I was afraid you were not coming. No, it's a cold hole you have there, Master Smith. Uh, then come by the fire and warm your hands, so you'll have to go out again in the winds are cold in Bondi Forest tonight. Oh, that's better. A good red glow to warm my hands. I understood from the Lord Duke you'd be here earlier, monsieur. In truth, we should have been, had it not been for the sleepy-haired Louvaise who kept us cooling our heels in Paris until noon. And the Lord is still bent upon finishing this affair. He's not letting the baton reach Freiburg for the enemy bullets to finish him. This is the end of his journey, then. Speak softly, Lahiri. Yes, this is the end of the journey, as you already know. If you've obeyed instructions. Oh, I've obeyed instructions, all right. But it seems as if my lord has a soft spot for the pestilent giant. My lord does not let such personal preferences stand in the way of his duties. <laughs> oh, indeed, though. <laughs> my lord does not. <laughs> what is the matter? <laughs> what is so funny? Take no notice of him. He has a strange sense of humor. Indeed, it seems he has. Tell me your arrangements. My men are just beyond the first trees where the undergrowth grows thickly. Twenty muskets lie behind the utmost bushes, ten aside. If you ride by, from each side of the road, the lightning will flash. Though I never was a soldier, I like to hear the guns speak. Provided it is not to me they have sharp things to say. But we must wait till nightfall. Otherwise our friend the Breton may perceive the glint of the barrels under the leaves. And I prefer to get him unawares. I have obeyed orders and delayed the gentleman as requested. Willingly, I'll keep him here till nightfall, for I am paid well for my cooperation. But there is no need. Why wait for nightfall when there's a gale in the air? I have a seaman's eye for storms. Before an hour, it'll be as black as thunder. Twenty to one. It seems a certainty you'll succeed this time. No, our lads blaze away at random. They cannot fail. And after it is done, each must shift for himself, leaving the bodies in the middle of the road. Bodies? You use the plural. A slip of the tongue, undoubtedly. There is but one to be disposed of. So I grant you it's large enough for two. Oh, you're right. Of course, it was a mistake. Uh, the body of the master and the carcass of the horse, that's what I meant. So the beast will hardly go scot-free from such a body. Although I know it was but a slip of the tongue just now. Take good care that no bullet goes in my direction, please. And I am quick to reply in time. Oh, how can you think me capable of such a thing, my dear comrade? Remember that I should be close behind the Breton. And I do not want any fatal blunder in a jest or by premeditated forgetfulness. Monsieur, it was the Duke himself who gave me my orders. There can be no mistake. I shall carry them out to the letter. I told you. It'll be pitch dark within half an hour. Then I must hurry my men. Monsieur Bellorier, I beg you not to worry. My lord's orders shall be most religiously adhered to. I trust you, Master Cordbuff, because I have no choice. But believe me, the storm will break for you and yours as well as for Master Joel, if there is any treachery this night. I am a dangerous man, monsieur. And I warn you, it will be more than your life is worth to leave two bodies instead of one on the road to Freiburg's. 